In the last few years, I have seen so many small business owners get completely fed up with trying to figure out social media and how to actually make it work for their business without feeling like they need to become an influencer, basically documenting every minute of their lives 24-7. That's why I'm so excited to have this conversation with Andrea Jones of OnlineDrea.com to share her insights as a social media agency owner about how small business owners can stop trying to keep up with all the influencers and start getting real results from their social media. Are you ready to grow from stressed out solopreneur to confident CEO? You're in the right place. I'm your host, Rachel Cook, and I've spent more than 15 years helping women entrepreneurs sustainably scale their businesses. If you're serious about building a sustainable business, it's time to put the strategy, systems, and support in place to make it happen. Join me every week for candid conversations about stepping into your role as CEO, the hard lessons learned along the way, and practical, profitable strategies to grow a sustainable business without the hustle and burnout. Hey there, CEOs. Welcome back to another episode in this series all about visibility and what is currently working when it comes to getting more visibility for your business. We can't talk about visibility without talking about social media. And I think one of the worst pieces of advice I am hearing out there is people thinking that the only way to win at social media is to just post more, 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 kind of putting you on that feeling of like you're on this content creation hamster wheel, you're always on Instagram or Facebook or TikTok or whatever platform you have chosen to be on. And I just think that approach is not sustainable for small business owners. And unfortunately, I think what has happened has been that the world of influencers, where they are on social media all day long, where they are documenting their life all the time, where they're constantly creating content, has somehow become the same advice for small businesses. And they are just completely different. They're completely different. And if you're trying to model an influencer as a small business, first of all, you're just spending a ton of time you likely don't have. But you have to remember, like the whole point of influencers doing that is so they can amass a certain type of audience. And so they can partner with brands and get brand deals. That's not what we're trying to do as small business owners, right? We're trying to get the right audience, not a mass audience. And we're trying to grow our businesses and get amazing clients. So how can we make that shift? I think this episode is going to be really helpful, especially if you are so tired of being told you just need to show up more on social media, that you need to do all the things, and you're ready for some practical, profitable advice. That's exactly what you're going to get in this conversation with my friend, Andrea Jones. She is fantastic and one of my favorite people to follow and to listen to when it comes to all things social. Let's get into it. Andrea, thank you so much for joining me today on Promote Yourself to CEO. I'm so excited you're here, especially because recently you updated your own messaging around social media. You used to say social media is easy and you changed it to social media is awesome. So I want to start right there. Tell me what has been behind this major messaging shift for you. 
Yes. And thank you for having me on the show. Um, because this type of messaging is something that I think it's really important for CEOs to understand. Um, so yes, I used to say social media is HSA simple, easy and fun. Because it used to be, you know, you could take the same post, the exact same post and post it on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. It could be like a square Canva graphic, same caption. Remember those yep. days? Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's no longer that way. And I was really struggling with my clients and students because I definitely still see the power in having a tool like social media on your side. And yet, it's not easy. The It's getting more and more complex with the rise of platforms like TikTok and how that has impacted all of social media. With the complexity of each platform, it's not as easy just to take the exact same post and you know auto-share it everywhere. So while social media is no longer easy, in my opinion... It is a very awesome tool for business owners, CEOs to find people who they would have never found before, people who would have never known what they do. Exactly. And I could not co-sign this enough because I think you and I have been around so long in our own businesses. Like We've seen the start of pretty much all of these platforms. So it was easy back in the, back in the day, 10 years ago, you know? even five years ago was easier than what we're seeing now with all these different platforms coming up. And I think the copy paste, just, you know, kind of throw the same thing across all platforms has been a lot of the thought process for a lot of people using social media. And the other thing I've been hearing from a lot of people is that if the algorithm isn't working in their favor, then they just have to post more and create more content. But we're talking to small business owners, like they're not trying to be on social media all day long. And this is your specialty. This is why I love your content so much, because you agree that we don't have to be on the social media all day long. Yeah, it, it's easily a full-time job. <laughs> so as a business owner, you're doing that and actually running a business. Um, it always like it makes me instantly panic when people say, Oh, post to TikTok, you know, five to seven times a day. And I'm like, who has that kind of time? I sure don't. So I think that the algorithm is not necessarily against us. It's actually for the users of the platform. And once we understand how to kind of speak, I like to call him Mr. Al, how to speak Mr. Al's language. Like once we understand how to communicate with Mr. Al, it can be a lot easier to create content that both he likes and shows to more people and still resonates with the people that we're trying to connect with. And creating more content is not the answer for sure. Well, so this leads us right into my first big question for you is around how do we speak to Al? <laughs> how do we talk to Mr. Al so that our content gets out there? Because this has been the major complaint for so long is that organic reach has been declining so much. And a lot of the thought, I think, in the marketing space has been, well, this is how they're shifting everyone to ads, right? We are going to decrease organic so that you have to pay to play. But I don't think pay to play is the only way to get some organic reach on social media. What can we do to get Mr. Al to share more of our content? Yeah. And if you, if you kind of understand his goal, like Mr. Al is just trying to keep people on the app for longer. 
He wants all of the users to consume more content. So yes, they can show ads, but ultimately they want that time on the app to be very long. So when we're thinking about the content that we're creating, it needs to be consumable. I think sometimes we go for, you know, buy my thing. And if people leave Instagram or leave Facebook or leave LinkedIn every time you post, then Mr. Al may go, oh, these posts are causing people to leave when I want people to stay here. So having a balance of content is key to satisfy Al. So, you know, when we're thinking about the algorithm, it's having that content that people actually engage with on the app. So asking questions, starting conversations, sharing information, those types of posts do really well if your audience actually consumes them. And then you can sprinkle in the post that, you know, takes them off the platform, which is always my goal as well. Like we met on social media, but we're going to take this dating relationships more serious somewhere else. So that type of content works really well. And I also want to speak to you. You mentioned that, you know, a reach is lower than it ever has been. And statistically, that is just a fact across every platform except for TikTok. So Rival IQ released a report recently that talked about this and engagement, and it's down across the board. And TikTok's engagement is increasing just based on how much time people are spending on that app. So if you're on Instagram and you see your engagement, engagement going down. It's not just you, it's going down everywhere. And it's because there are more people than ever producing content. So you have a little bit more competition when it comes to satisfying Mr. L. Yeah. And I think what really stands out to me about this is if we go with the just do more without really thinking about the quality of what we're putting out there, then we're not going to meet our goals. And I think this is where a lot of people need to step back for a second and really start to understand the different types of content they should be creating. Because I see a lot of people who just, it feels very generic, like almost like they looked at someone else's feed and then said, how can I create the same types of posts for my feed? And now we've got, again, like tons of people sharing content that could have come off of anybody's feed because it's very, very generic. It reminds me of back in the day when everybody used to focus on the quote graphics. That was huge. Remember, everybody was sharing like quotes that were in a pretty graphic every single week. And now you actually have to have something to say. You have to have something that people want to hear and even something that might be contrary to what people might think about whatever you know field you're in, whatever work you do. You have to be a little bit polarizing, I feel like, to stand out. It has to be unique. Yes. And it's the type of content where people feel like you just intimately know them in a way that no one else does. So an example for me is when I'm talking to people for the first time about social media, I'm like, have you ever had that moment where you're like, I'm done with this. I'm just deleting Instagram off my phone. Right. And as soon as I say that, most people are like, Oh, I thought I was the only one who went through that emotional journey. And a lot of business owners do. They're like, I am so sick and tired of, you know, posting, posting, posting and not meeting my goals that I'm just done with the whole thing. So if you're at that spot, usually I can, you know, then go, okay, that's great because we've all been there and it's not all doom and gloom, right? So I think having those moments that you can speak to on social media really humanizes the whole experience. It's not just someone, you know, shouting and saying, this is what you should be doing, but instead it's connecting on a human level and going, hey, do you feel this thing? Because I feel this thing too. Yeah. I think that's really important. And it's interesting because the more I share 
about kind of the challenges that I have, whether it's life or business or whatever, um, the more people connect with that. And I think this is a place where business owners struggle though, because influencers tend to share everything, right? Like you're going behind the scenes, you know what the drama is, you know what they're you know facing day to day because they are literally documenting their life nonstop. What about small business owners? Like, yes, we want to share and we want to share a little bit about kind of our behind the scenes, but do we have to be so like, let it all hang out there if we are more like private people? Yeah. And I'm a very private person. Like you won't see photos of my daughter on social media. I think I posted one maybe <laughs> um, because it's just not, that's just my boundary. So I think, you know, first it starts with understanding where your personal boundaries are. What do you want to share on social media? And then also making sure that you have that role that social media plays in your business clearly outlined. For influencers, it's getting as much attention as possible. That's how they make money by you know basically being walking advertisements. We don't make money the same way as business owners. So sharing what we ate for breakfast is an influencer strategy. Sure. Would it work for a small business owner? Maybe not. So thinking Unless about you have a restaurant. Like honestly, <laughs> I can't think of why anybody wants to know that about a small business owner unless it's directly like do you do food prep? Are you a yes. nutritionist? Yes. Nutritionist yes. connected. <laughs> If not, like no one really is going to take business advice from you based on what you eat for breakfast. Yeah. And hopefully that's a relief too for business yeah. owners. It's like, who? I don't have to be an influencer. Okay, good. So then it's creating content that is aligned with your business goals. So someone who's a speaker, for instance, has a different business goal than someone who is a restaurant, right? A speaker is trying to book speaking gigs. So maybe that person is showcasing their expertise and networking with event planners. A restaurant is connecting with maybe the local community and showing off what it's like to be in their restaurant. Either way, social media is a mirror and can reflect what's actually happening in your your business. So the conversations, the feelings, the atmosphere, the experience, what it's like to work with you in your business, reflect that on social media, not you know what you ate for breakfast this morning. <laughs> I love that. So as we're talking about things to think about as a business owner on social media, I think another thing I wanted to ask you was around the difference between content that kind of grows your audience and is at that kind of top level awareness stage, like just finding out you're here versus content that actually converts people into clients. Because I think those are distinct. And a lot of people seem to have a hard time making those transitions, right? From top of funnel, getting people just to know who they are, and then to get people to actually take action. What is the difference yes. between those two types of content? Yeah, it all it's all about who you're talking to. So when you're creating that top of funnel content, and usually I like to use placements like TikTok or Instagram Reels because you're talking to people who may not be familiar with you, usually you have more of an educator hat on. So why are you an expert at this? Why are you the industry leader? Why should they listen to you? So having more of that perspective can help warm that person up to you. And then as they get warmed up to you, we're shifting into conversion-focused content, which really is more of that why now 
content. So why me is like top of funnel and then why now is more of that conversion content. So um, let me think of a a specific example. So if you are hosting a retreat, for instance, maybe the top of the funnel is the impact of retreats on business owners. Like why is this type of event important? And then the conversion element may be why now? So it's really speaking to you know what challenges our business is going through right now. We're talking about heading into a recession. We're talking about you know mass layoffs and how can we navigate those decisions so the content gets a little bit more specific and has a call to action. So being very crystal clear, obvious about what that person should do next if they're interested in taking it to the next level with you. I love that distinction. That's such a great distinction to have in place. And the why now piece, I think, is all about why is this relevant and urgent to me as the consumer reading this thing? Like, why should I take action right now? And a lot of times we see people default to just click link in bio, but there's other ways that we can have people in that why now stage. So can you share with us a little bit more about what it's looking like selling on social media beyond just link in bio? Yes. And I actually find... So statistically with our client group, um, I find that saying in a feed post, click the link in the bio doesn't convert as well because of the amount of steps it takes the user. Like I challenge you, listener, like go through the steps yourself. <laughs> it's a yeah. lot of steps. But what we do find is initiating conversation works really well. So asking them to leave a comment, asking them to send you a direct message works really well to help with that selling on social and then having clickable links. So on Instagram, for instance, we see that link in the story outperform saying, click the link in my bio in a feed post. So if we have something in the feed, we may share it to a story and add this link sticker so that people can tap the link and then head on to the next step. So really making it as easy as possible for the person consuming that content to take action. Okay. So I love this because I'm seeing this as well. This is why I shifted my entire Instagram feed from trying to have like posts on the grid to reels to store. It was starting to get overwhelming to me. So I set up kind of an Insta site, kind of more static grid with just if someone was to find us and wants to know more about my company, they're going to learn a lot just by checking out the static. I think it's like 12 things that we have. But most of where we're getting engagement is in stories or is in reels. And I love that you've delineated that reels are where you can attract very, very front end, just like on TikTok for me, same thing. Like that's getting in front of newer people generally. But stories are where you can shorten that sales process from reading a post. That's one step. Click a link. That's one step click another link, that's another step, and then scroll down a whole page of whatever you've sent them to. Versus when you're in the story, if you have the link click and they're, you know, that's one step for them to get directly where they want to go. Or usually there's been a few times where you don't have the DM bar at the very bottom of a story. Like there's a few people that I don't see that, but often you do see that. And I also Mm -hmm. think something I've been experimenting with is If you use the little stickers in there that are like, ask a question or engage, you can tell who's taking that step and then follow up with them about it. Like, hey, tell me about this question you had. 
that is such a good way to continue the conversation. Yes. Yes. And it's so engaging. It's almost gamifying the entire process. And we're humans. Like if I post something like, do you like A or B? We naturally go, oh, I like A, I like B, or I like neither. It starts a conversation that taps into like the human psychology of it all, which is why I love some of those placements over, you know, the feed. Um, because the feed is, is, it's just hard to stand out right now. Yeah, it's just changed a lot compared to a few years back. So those two things focus on stories for the why now (laughs) and getting people to click that direct link or DM you directly versus reels on the very top. I think that makes so much sense. So as we're thinking about these different things for our social media, you know, social media is always changing. The algorithms are always changing. They're coming up with new features. When they come up with new features, they're amplifying them. Like usually if Instagram rolls out something or Facebook rolls out something, the minute they roll it out, like if you jump on it and start playing with it, you have the potential to get more reach just because they're trying to get that feature off the ground. So I'm curious, what kind of things are you playing with right now? Or what experiments are you running either for yourself or for your clients? What are you playing with that you think might be the next thing we should know about? Yeah. So we're really leaning into memes and pop culture references. Um, It feels like there is a little bit of an evolution in the business space in this regard. You know, when we think about how we personally use social media, my Facebook feed is just like a ton of memes, right? And I love seeing them. I love engaging with them. So it's taking something that users naturally gravitate towards and trying to still connect it to the business side of things. So we're testing out quite a lot of things right now. One that has worked really well for one specific client is we actually took a clip from a TV show and posted that as a reel on Facebook. And I got a million views. So we added context to it. We had a little title and we added context into the caption that ties it back to the client. But now that that clip got in front of so many people who never knew the client... Prior to that, we saw 600 followers-ish instantly. And then we're keeping an eye on it. We haven't really seen much drop-off. We we expected to see quite a bit of drop-off from that. So it's little things like that that we're playing around with. Like, you know, how do humans participate in social media just naturally? And then as business owners, how can we show up in those spaces and kind of be a member of that group? It's almost like showing up to a party with the same energy that's already at the party. So we're trying to tap into that a little bit more. It's been a fun experiment. um, So we'll see how it goes. Okay. That makes me want to go back. I have a clip from an interview I did for Money and it's perfect for right now. So I'm going to go back, pull that clip and turn it into a reel. It's a couple years old, but it's still so relevant because it's all about what to do when there's like a business emergency or a recession. I'm going to do that. That's perfect. I'm going to do that today. Today I'm going to do it. We'll, We'll follow up on how that does. Okay. I love hearing this because I think this is something that I've definitely seen. Like if you're too dry in your social media... I think this is where business can't just be so boring and flat. Like you have to put some personality into it. And I love playing with memes and with pop culture references. So now I'm like, okay, I need to start paying attention to a few more. And how can we make those work for our business? I'm getting so many great ideas from you, Andrea, today. So as we kind of wrap up our conversation, 
you know, things are always changing, but what are your predictions for where you see small businesses using social media in a way that actually drives results for them? What are the things you're going to be paying attention to for your own clients? Yeah. One of the things I have like my eagle eyes on right now is artificial intelligence and the impacts of AI and how that will impact how we navigate marketing as business owners. Because with tools like ChatGPT, it's so easy for people to pump out this surface level content. And so one of the, my predictions on how this is going to impact business and marketing in the future is that the human element is going to become even more valuable. So I've already started infusing into my marketing like you're talking to a human, not a robot. And I think that's going to be really key for business owners going forward. I personally like interacting with a human. Like If I'm calling customer service and I have to press 3 numbers before I can talk to someone, I'm frustrated. (laughs) Right. And so I think (laughs) that's the experience that's going to probably happen on social media with the robots, with the artificial intelligence. So if we can show up as a human, have those human elements, those human interactions, that means maybe there's a mistake. Maybe it's not a perfect studio setup. You know, maybe it's a live video, you know, something that's more interactive. Um, That's going to help elevate business owners who can kind of tap into that now and, and differentiate you from all of the other people who are using artificial intelligence. I just read a great article by Forrest Linden, and I'll link it up, about AI and how it's currently working. And it was really helpful to understand like the how it works. And basically, he said, because AI, like ChatGPT, which I'm playing with, you know, I think it's a great idea for brainstorming and coming up with ideas. But basically, he said, it's like autocomplete on steroids, because it's simply just taking a predictor of what is the next thing that would come in this, given all the content that's out there. But this is where exactly like you said, we don't want to blend in with what everybody else is saying. So if ChatGPT is going to crank out something that sounds like what 99% of the internet is already saying about that topic, it is going to blend in so fast. This is how we end up again, like with the copy paste memes and everybody's colors and fonts (laughs) or, you know, quote graphics it doesn't stand out because it's just the same. So I really think this is something where it's a great idea for coming up with ideas. I'm using it to come up with ideas. I'm using it to draft things like draft a post or draft something. I can't wait to be able to be like, read my website, listen to all my podcast episodes, and then create things for me. But even then, I think we're always going to have to be going back and editing it and tweaking it. It's not the final product. It's definitely, if you're using it as a final product right now, then you're using the most generic thing that you could possibly put out there. It might sound okay because it is pretty decently written, but it doesn't mean it's like innovative or really thought leader material. It's going to be kind of the generic material that's readily available. Oh, yes, 100%. So I like using it for content as well, especially for naming things. I'm terrible with names. And I had this idea for the name of um, a product I'm working on, but I wanted to be Shakespeare themed. So I said, can you take this idea and then give me some names that are like Shakespeare puns or phrases? And so using it in that way is super fun. But you're right in that it's 
it's not innovative. It's only, it's a people pleaser. It's going to try to answer your question with the most popular answer it has available to it, which doesn't necessarily make it a big resource for like a hundred percent writing all of your copy. So I definitely see the people who can leverage the tool to help them come up with ideas faster and then flip it and humanize it. Like if you could do that combo, you're winning. (laughs) Absolutely. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Andrea, for chatting with me today. I think everyone who's listening is going to want to go follow you. Y'all, she has a great podcast. Can you share a little bit about what people need to listen into and how they can connect with you? Yes, you can find Savvy Social Podcast on any podcasting app. And then I'm everywhere at Online Drea. Online D-R-E-A. Instagram's my favorite like hangout spot right now, though I spend a lot of time on TikTok. Um, and if, you, if you're new to my world, I do have a free course. It's right on the homepage of the website, onlinedrea.com. You can sign up for it and learn more about how to use social media as a tool to grow your business. I love it. I highly encourage everyone to go get on her list and go through that course because she is not telling everyone to go be an influencer and share what you had for breakfast. You don't have to point and lip sync in order to continue to do well on social media. You have so many great insights. So I really, really am glad you were able to come on today and share with everyone. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks for having me. There you have it. I love this conversation with Andrea. I think I even got some great takeaways and things I'm going to be adding to our strategy here at the CEO Collective. And what I really love is that her entire process, her entire uh, perspective on social media is just so practical and manageable. We don't have to live on social media all day long, and we don't have to feel like being on social media means we have to be showing every single part of our lives. We need to be, you know, showing our children and our families and our home. Like, I don't know about you, but I like to have a little bit of privacy in my life. Probably if you're following along, you might think the same way. Like you don't necessarily want to have to put your whole life on display. And Andrea's approach is very much about having boundaries around your social media, about having a purpose behind your social media And I just absolutely love that. So I highly recommend you go check out her free resources and her podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We have more amazing content headed your way in the coming weeks here on Promote Yourself to CEO. So make sure you are subscribed to the show. And if you loved this series, please take a minute to leave a rating and review. Those ratings and reviews over on Apple Podcasts really help us to get the show out in front of more amazing entrepreneurs just like yourself and they are so very much appreciated. All right, until next time.